ready then? You're ready, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? Ready. You ready for action? Ready for it. That wasn't cheesy enough. Welcome to Ready for Action. This is your podcast dedicated to Warmer Underworlds. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm here with... Me, Ash, and myself, Dan Jones. And we're going to give you a bit of an introduction to ourselves, a bit of our gaming history, moving on to our Grand Clash performance that was back in January at Warhammer World, and then go on to talk about the banned and restricted version 2 update that dropped yesterday as we're recording on, whatever the date is, the 19th? 19th, 19th yeah. 19th of February. We'll go through. So I'm Dan, I've been gaming for about 25 years, Necromunda, Blood Bowl, 40k, Fantasy, bit of a GW fanboy to be fair. Not really played a lot out. Um, started Underworlds when Shadespire came out and then really sort of took off when the Skaven Dwarf release came out. Six Warbands and it was time. I think the game was good enough then and large enough for everyone to start going for it. Um, been to quite a few tournaments. Ford out at Wargames Armoury, Boards and Swords, Distant Gaming Enveloper, Vault 14, which was only a few weeks ago up at Doncaster. Two Grand Clashes, so I went to the one last year and managed the top 16. And then we'll go on to this year's one later. I unfortunately missed the UK team championship for being on holiday, which was a bit poor timing, but missed that. And yeah, that's a bit of background onto myself. What about you, Ash? So yeah, me, I'm Ash. I've been gaming since third edition Warhammer and played every edition since. And play Age of Sigma now, which I love. Um, played a lot of historical stuff. Um, been in Shadespire since the beginning. I had a shop and did a lot of tournaments there. Started with the Skeletons. Had a mixed bag with Skeletons. Dwarves, really good, and then I've gone back to a, a horde warband again with the goblins, and the least said about them, the better. <laughs> when you <laughs> say a mixed, a mixed bag with the skeletons, I'm not sure how mixed a, a straight set of losses could be. They, they were good. The skeletons were okay. How did the Grand Clash go with them? The skeletons? <laughs> <laughs> Just outside the top 60, I believe. <laughs> was it out of 60? Yeah, it, it was. It, it was 90. I think um, no, the skeletons didn't do that well with the with the bust they've had recently. I think they'd fare a lot better. And I think they did at the last Grand Clash we went to. It might be time to bring them. I back. think it might be time to dust them off and bring them back. Yeah, with so. the token changes, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm Dan Jones, uh, or Dan Number One, if you want to refer to me on this podcast. Um, I've been playing games now for about twenty five years. Um, recently, more of Mordheim, Necromunda. The classic Warhammer quest and um, part of the Inquisitor 28 movement, a bit of a purist playing Inquisitor uh, rules itself. Uh, previously, I've been playing 40k fantasy, uh, but kind of fallen out of love with those recently and looking to dip my toe into Star Wars Legion. I've um, been playing Warhammer Underworlds ever since Dan Smedley got me hooked with the orcs just after Christmas last year. And you took a bit of persuading to it, start with. It took more than a bit of persuading, to be honest. Uh, so that was just before the Skaven and the Dwarves were dropped. Um, prior to this, I hadn't really been uh, getting involved in the kind of the modern uh, Games Workshop scene, but uh, completely hooked on Warhammer Underworlds ever mm-hmm. since. Uh, playing the orcs, in the early time, and then switching to fast riders and going to quite a few different tournaments. Uh, been to two Grand Clashes, one last year uh, with a surprise top 16 finish, um, and then lots of smaller Shade Glass events uh, where I was usually uh, lost, losing the final. 
which was uh, rather disheartening. Um, and that's uh, that's me. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Just give a shout out as well to uh, Kev Holmes and Josh Bloor, who also hosts on this podcast. But uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which way you look at it, probably uh, <laughs> they can't be with us here tonight to record the opening show. But shout outs to them. So should we start talking about the Grand Clash? Yeah, go for it. Go through. So when was the Grand Clash? Was it the 26th of January? Oh, I believe so. And how many players? 166? It was a ridiculous like amount of players, wasn't it? It was, it was a big old it event. rather large for a four-game Swiss tournament, where I think you ended up with a minimum of 10 people on four wins at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Although it was a great day, to be fair. Um, really well ran. So do you want to go through round by round blow? Yeah, we'll round start by with, round. with round by round, yeah. I mean, to kick it off. Yeah. Well, I started off. I really wanted to avoid all the sort of the bloggers and the people online that post a lot. And I'm walking down to the table, and I can see Mike Carlin sat there from Steel City Underworlds on what I thought was table 29. And somebody went up to him and said, "Oh, is this 29?" I went, "No, this is 28." And I thought, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> That's my first round opponent there. And shout out to Mike because he's a great opponent. Um, I sat down with the Curse Breakers. We mentioned that as well. I took the Curse Breakers. Pretty much a flex deck. Um, could sit back and defend if something's aggressive or could go on the offensive. And Mike was playing the Thorns of the Bride Queen, which was a bit of a surprise because I'd seen him a couple of weeks before down at Vault 14 where he was rocking the Curse Breakers and I wasn't looking forward to rolling into his Curse Breakers, but thankfully he'd switched up for this. I think because Tom had been beating him with McGaw's Fiends. Um, so for that can't remember a great deal because it was like three or four weeks ago now when we were recording but I remember one of the opening plays was Rastus going in with Cleave he got me what armour measured strike strong start and the kill in one hit which was a massive four glory to start off on like the second activation or something and it pretty much the game just rolled through from there I managed to take the first game 17-8 um, which was Good, really. I was quite surprised, and I thought, well, I've took a game off him, so that's good. <laughs> I probably won't take another one, but I can relax for the rest of the day then. And then, surprisingly, his second game pretty much went about the same. Uh, he made a bit of a mistake with one of his charges, which he had made afterwards, because he thought that I'd gone first in the activation in the round, but hadn't. And uh, charged in and left his dude next to Erastus, who promptly swatted him for some more glory. I ended up taking that game 17-14 as well. So I ended up plus 12 glory after the first round and beating one of the players that really I wasn't looking forward to playing against, not because of who he is, but because of how good a player he is. So I was pretty happy with that as a as a first round. Yeah. Anything? How about you, Ash? How'd you get on? I took the Goblins, another Horde warband. I do like to run the Hordes. Um, first round was a win for me um, against Magors. I forget my opponent's name. Um it's quite a comfortable game to play. It wasn't high scoring in terms of glory. Um, can't really remember too much of what happened, but I felt comfortable during the game. There was not not anything that he put me out with with his objectives or anything. Um, so pretty straightforward one for me. It was a lot of killing going on from the Goblins, which I was surprised with against McGaws. Um, so yeah, I, f- I found him really good. The, the game was a good game. Um, it went really quick. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good one for the Goblins. I don't get many wins with them. <clears throat> Um, I took my Fast Rider deck and I'd been uh, playing Fast Riders for the majority of 2018 and I then switched around, played Steelheart, Skaven, Thorns and um, I thought for the Grand Clash I'd take something that I was used to. It was the first 
time um, I was playing them since the bands were restricted so I had, did have a quick run through at the Vault 14 event I think a big mention as well is the fact that the banner restrictor came out and then what two weeks later you got married and disappeared from the country for like a month yeah. and come dairy <laughs> so like we gave you deck list a couple of runs through but that was it you barely played with it really yeah so uh, it was really ran through for um <clears throat> the kind of the, the experience i had with it through 2018 so there was quite a few changes made to it it did run quite differently but it was nice to add in the new night vault cards the deck was again similar to uh, Dan Smedley's um, Curse Breakers. It's a bit of a flex deck, not relying on um, inspiring my fighters if my opponent was going to play more aggressively than I was. So uh, the first game I played was against uh, Paul Howard and his Skaven. Um, he had some great uh, terrain as well that he popped out for the game, um, some nice crystals. Uh, the first game, I think that Paul went aggressive with Scritch a little too early, which allowed me to capitalise on this and take Scritch out of play. Um, probably what was the end of the first turn, start of the second, um, which gave me a great, great advantage. Um, the second game we played, um, Scritch was bouncing around all over the board, but hadn't been as effective as he has he previously been perhaps uh, before the the band and restricted so eventually I did take that one as a two nil. Uh, Paul was a great opponent there. Yeah, I think the Skaven and Scritch as well. They took a big hit with the band and restricted. Mm -hmm. A lot of their power. He wasn't going in there popping around, smashing everyone up with four damage all the time consistently with rerolls, <coughs> helpful whispers, and things like that. One thing I would say about my fast rider deck was that it was kind of based around. Sanson having um, the Star Falcon and then adding both Glory Seeker and Fighter's Ferocity to him to give him the potential for damage four and then adding Potion extra extra <laughs> dice there with Potion of Rage and Haymaker um, which uh, in the Vault 14 um, event I managed to pull off last game versus Nick Baton uh, with seven dice rolling for four damage on uh, Paul Steelheart, who uh, got pecked to death. <laughs> Nasty. Yeah, just a bit. Cool. So a decent <clears throat> start then, really. Round yeah, I think, out the, I think out of the five of us that went, we all we all got a win for our first games. Yeah. yeah. All took one in the first yeah, game. Yeah, which was quite promising. It was looking good. And obviously, the second round comes around. Do you want to kick this one off, Ash? Yeah, my second round was not so as good as my first round. I came up against another Zarbag player. And I, I lost 2-0 straight up. It was it was hard. Um, he took uh, Snurk out straight away. He knew exactly what to do. Get rid of Snurk and my game plan just went to pop. Playing objectives, once Snurk gets in amongst the other goblins, it was it was game over for me. There was just nothing I could do. It was relentless. I don't think I managed to inspire Snurk once during, the, the, during all the games against that opponent. I forget his name now. Inspire him. So, yeah, he died before I'd even got a chance to do anything with him. Okay, he was hit, hidden past, popped up, 
boom, hit my Fnatic and it was game over before it had even begun for uh, him. Not inspiring him straight away. Yeah, I just didn't get a chance to get the Inspire off on him. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good game. I learned a lot about my own warband from playing against it. Uh, another opponent, a lot of push cards that he'd used. Something that I need to put into my deck. I didn't have hidden paths in mine. Um, something that now is in the deck, should be in there. I think any Zarbag player needs to have hidden paths in there. Um, it's a good game, great opponent. I do forget his name though, so I apologise on that. I think I remember saying you weren't making the most out of Snook before this, and then that game you were like, wow, that was yeah, a bit of a revelation. Yeah, it really was a revelation. It, it's opened my eyes up to to play play the goblins a lot. Yeah, they are fun. Um, I'll step up next. I I then played uh, Nacho and his Curse Breakers, and I got thoroughly beaten. Um, Nacho was he was a great player. Um, he played the Curse Breakers as most players did on the day, which was a kind of reserved, um, pretty flex control yeah. sort of way. But but he he held himself back to, to the back of the board. Did did the usual spell casting to to um, to generate uh, inspiration and to generate his glory. And by the time that I was within. Um, shooting or combat range of him, he was able to to take me out. Um, so I was I was just suffering with that that game there. It was two straight losses for me. So my second opponent, I walked up against uh, Tom Hill, and again Thorns of the Bride Queen. So second round, second match against them. Um, I remember that we played long boards both games, which I think just played into the curse breakers, and I was playing them set up extreme flank. Boo, can't believe that's gone now. But scoring that, rolling forwards. Remember a particular Fameway Crystal onto a back objective to stop Supremacy, uh, which he distracted me off and I promptly saw step back on it, <laughs> much to his frustration. Um, took the first game 14-10, really close, rolling through. Um, and then the second game, like I say, long boards again, played into, I think, the strengths of that the deck that I had and managed to take that 17-10. So... Overall, so far for me, I was plus 11 from that, plus 12 from the first game. So I was looking at plus 23 glory difference on two wins, two and oh. So I thought, that's it's not too bad. I know people were getting a lot more glory, but not dropped a game yet. So I was quite enjoying that. And I think I should say as well, my expectations for the day, really, finished most of the top 16 when there was 90-odd players. But with it being 166 players, I was thinking, well, halfway sort of thing or something, or maybe I can sneak another win in try and come as high as possible but yeah I was thinking two wins that's it I've achieved my objective for the day yeah. so two, I was quite happy at that two wins and, and two losses is a is a good result I think at some of these grand clashes I'm yeah. happy with my two wins yeah, and two, two losses then <laughs> <laughs> you've given away what the rest of your oh, thing is damn now. it <laughs> it's not sure what they are um, I'll start the third rounds and I want <clears> to mention <throat> Josh Bloor of this podcast and say wow sorry pal um, I've, I've never had yeah. dice like it before yeah. it was unreal so he set up across pretty standard board setup. I think it was just full on I can't remember what that board setup's called but where the long sides were against each other just straight on and Josh couldn't roll anything at all and I could um, I think I rolled a crit in every attack every spell cast every defence it was ridiculous 
Uh, my crowning moment of the game was Fuel came in after inspiring against Amis, and I thought, well, you know what, she's probably dead anyway. I'm not going to roll a crit on the defence, so yeah. what the hell, I'll play aggressive defence. And he probably rolled two swords, and then I think he swarmed it and rolled two swords. <laughs> so Amis survived, whacked him for three, and then Rastus came in, I think, and finished the job off. But that was, it was ridiculous. Never had a dicing like it before. The games were 18 1 to me, and then 21 3. So it was ridiculous. Plus 35 glory from that, which put Ouch. one. A very good plus 58, or I thought a very good plus 58, and three wins, no games dropped, so I was feeling damn good about nice myself score. at that point. I think I myself was feeling quite excited that the prospect of you were getting to get into the final. I think we all were, stage. yeah. I think we, we'd think all put our, put our uh, money on to you to get into the final at this point. I'd put it on me or Josh when it came to that. Yeah. And I was actually, I was kind of yeah. glad. I thought, well, you know what? We've drawn each other, which yeah. is bad because we could both have won our other respective games. But actually, you know what? If one of us goes, well, one of us is going to win. One of us is going to be in with a chance of potentially making the final. So it was actually kind of good that we drew each other in a way, but also bad that we got to draw yeah. each other. Um, for my third game, um, I took the Fast Riders against Michael Birch's Magors Fiends. Uh, the first game, well, I say the Magors Fiends for the Fast Riders, it's one where I would sit right at the back and uh, not bother with the inspiration, um, hide away, um, starve the, um, the Fiends of any first turn attack actions or at least minimise those. Uh, the first game, he made it across the board much quicker than I'd have hoped. I hadn't managed to get as much glory upgrades as I would have liked to. And, um, and Mike took the game from me. Uh, I felt quite uh, like I was going to be uh, going home with three three losses at this point. Um, the second game, uh, I again lost board placement, uh, deployed right at the back, and we we played a repeat um, deployment as we had uh, the first game, and um, I managed to to keep the fiends at bay uh, and pick them off one by one which resulted me uh, with a with a win the final and then deciding game we again again lost the board placement deployed in exactly the same setup and uh, we had a repeat <coughs> mcgore um, was hidden path across the board early on but i managed to avoid these attacks and uh, and keep him at arm's reach to shoot him away uh, this was then um good opportunity for me to then finally for the first time in the day pull out raptor strike um and take a kill with a card then it's not uh, your favorite yeah. card as well raptor strike. <laughs> that's, a way to that's my turn that's my turn, turn. <laughs> um and then be able to um use ready for action to take Wee. out rip tooth um and then use the bolt storm hammer with Potion of Rage to take out um, Magor as well in in the final round. So it was uh, a nice 2-1 uh, win for myself. Um, but it was they were fast-played games, they were, which is not something that I usually do. I'm usually a bit of a thinker and a... Yeah, slow. Yeah, definitely. Slow. I think <laughs> slow is the correct word. Slow and Dan does like to get his protractor out and start working out <laughs> angles and looking at the stars. For I think alignment. it's been many a tournament where my game's finished. <laughs> Walking over and like, oh, that's a game. What game are you on? And you're like, oh, just end the game. Usually one. when he's like, playing Tom Bomb. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The games against Tom usually take a long time, and both of us have uh, mentally spent ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes that's an image. <laughs> that's an image. If I go next, then my round three was a two-one loss, and it was against the eyes of the nine. If you remember, I was doing the other rounds. You were able to guess how the last round went. Then. Yes, you will. Yes. So eyes of the nine. I never come up against them before. So it was a complete and utter new bag for me. So I didn't know what the opponent was really going to do or pull out of the bag. Um, and it was spells. My God, I didn't know how to deal with the spells. It was just spell, 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 gambit, spell, gambit, spell, gambit, spell, all over me. Shard Gale in there and the goblins again. Just. Blew me off the table. I just did not know what to expect. I heard a lot of bad reports. I think we all had that they weren't a top tier. They were sort of sitting with the reavers at the bottom of the pile. I think that's why um, some people have, have done okay <coughs> with them because they've practiced them and played yeah. them. And they, nobody knows what to expect really because they don't play it's them. The as sheer much. amount of gambits, but yeah. I just, oh, I just couldn't cope with it, and it, it just, it just threw them. And again, as soon as uh, Sour Tongue's gone. It's sort of game over for the goblins. They don't really have too much else. The squigs were gone. Couple of shot the shard gales in there, and wow, it was just it was it was horrendous. So it was it was the worst game of my day. Great opponent, but I just could not deal with. It. I just didn't know what to do, and that's the only point in a game where I felt like I I didn't know what to do. And no answer for it. Yeah, I'd got no answer. Nothing in my deck of cards to actually counter it either. Cool. Should go straight into your round four then. No. So how did you get? Yeah, got my round, round four. four. <laughs> well, this is a surprising one for me. This is where I. I for the first time since oh, I remember the FAQs in Shadespire, I came up against a Cataphrone Relic deck played on Goblins. Cataphrone. 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 Stop correcting me. Um, so yeah, this is the first time I'd come up against it, and it was on the guy was trying to inspire him on Snurk. And again, great opponent. And I got this chap's name, it was Stuart. So great guy. Um, I had nothing to counter it. As soon as I saw what was happening, there was Ghoulish Pact. Spoils for battle, and then the relics started coming out. Um, and as soon as he started powering up, there was really not a lot I could do for that first round. Um, so just had to forfeit it. He beat me by a clear twenty glory, twenty to yeah, twenty-seven to seven. It was um, second and third game. So you so, say you, you forfeit there. I mean, you just uh, was no, I just it just, just, just kept drawing the glory. There, there was you, you, you didn't you didn't give up then. You didn't. Let I did, oh no, didn't, you, you didn't you, give up. But there was, there was just nothing that the goblins could do. Yeah, um, they weren't going to get it. it, 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 it no, I could just see it slipping away. Um, but as the beauty of the game, got to the second round, um, knew what was going to happen, knew what to expect. So I just sat back. It's the only game where I've really ever sat back defensively, and I just didn't score all that many glory off my own bat, um, which is where I lost it really. I couldn't accrue back that 20 glory that I'd already lost. Managed to win the next two by really just sitting back and hugging the objectives. And as he had to come forward to score his glory, just, just sort of doing the damage and smacking them one at a time. But it was a great game and it, it was a real learning experience. It's the, one of those games where I really felt like I, I could change what was happening. So, right, Cataphrone Relics come up. Knew what happened. Nothing I could do about it that first round. Second and third, though, just don't give him the glory. And it was a great game, and it was great to watch it happening, to be honest. So, yeah, it was... Uh, it's nice to walk into something unexpected sometimes. Seeing yeah, it really was out. unexpected, because it, it was ghoulish packed, sports bat, and then the relics <laughs> came out, and I'm like, wow, I've not seen this done for a, for a while. And it, it pulled it off the first round, but he pulled it off. So, yeah, tap my hat off to him. Yeah, it was a good game, a really good game. 
just want to apologise if anyone could hear the laptop whirring away then because it was quite near the microphone, which I've now got rid of. And I think yeah. I've just burnt my hand when I picked Dan it up. Danny's running off uh, Microsoft 95, Windows 95 <laughs> version, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. NT, I think. <laughs> so um, my final round, the fourth one, I played uh, Rick Ellis and his supporter guard. Uh, Rick hadn't played against Fast Riders before, um, and I think he was not 100% expecting what came out. So the setup. Um, was boards head on and um, it allowed me to just run into the midst of them all with the fast riders, get my inspiration, start making the cheap kills. Um, one thing that Rick didn't expect was the uh, I had a, a little combo in there for fast rider, so um, and he didn't expect Farsighter to have the four move. So the first game I took quite quickly when the Warden went down, which was the fourth activation of turn one, where um, the blocker, the champion, was taken out of action. And then with an upgrade of the uh, flashing hand axe and great strength, Farsighter managed to make his four move straight into the Warden and take him down. Uh, the second game, again, played with the Warden slightly further back, this time having learnt his lesson. Um, but uh, again, the uh, the guard couldn't stop the fast riders from taking that cheap glory off them and um, and then racking up the points. So that one I actually managed to score a big plus 17 in, which uh, helped me kind of fend off what happened against Nacho, where he really had battered me. Uh, so for myself, really pleased with the result of three wins, one loss, and that would be um, one game dropped as well. Cool. Nice. So <laughs> walking into the last game, then I managed to go three games, three wins, and not dropped a game yet. And, well, I should say the look that I had against Josh... Went completely. It's because we swapped his way. dice. Yeah, <laughs> those, <laughs> those cooked dice that he's got. Yeah, yeah we take swapped those, them. Take oh, those dice days. back out the microwave. Yeah. It's probably why. So I played against a guy like Ben Williams and Thorns again. I thought, excellent. Third game against Thorns, yeah, you kind of want to play a bit of variety. But I thought, well, I know what I'm doing. And I've done a lot yeah. against these. Um, sat down, set up. I think I started uh, my hand with something like Harness the Storm, Fired Up, and What Armor. I had both spells in my hand. Uh, my gambit spells, Abazoth's were making and Abazoth's withering, and the innate lightning as well. So I was like, hang on, I'm cast one of them, get a glory from Honest Storm, put it on uh, Rastus, give him the innate, let him empower, cleave, score what armor. I thought, I'm just going to, I'm going to roll through, I'm going to end up on five or six glory halfway through. Brilliant. So, walked in. The setup kind of threw me a little bit, because Varclav, the Briar Queen, and Thingy my dude, who's the other guy? The other hanged. Yep. We're at the front. I just where they came and straight at you. And ran straight at yeah. me. And I hadn't expected that at all. <laughs> They're a good aggro deck, but nobody had been playing him quite like that. Um thought oh, sorry, I can deal with this. Uh Stormside tried a shot, failed. It's kind of yeah, it's like two hammers, isn't it? It's not it's not a given, so yeah, it happens. I'll have us off from making this objective next to me, that'll be fine. Nope. Then I roll the swirls. Great. So, oh well. I was off with him. I'll try and wither one of them down a bit. No, two swirls. Great. This ain't going very well. I know. I'll try and empower Rastus anyway to get his cleave and get that. No, swirl. I just 
everything was the exact opposite of what I needed. Could not score anything. I think in the entire game, all I scored was fired up. I didn't even draw escalation at the same time as my opponent. When I got that, he just wasn't playing anything. And he just soundly beat me. He was a great opponent, to be fair. And he beat me convincingly. It wasn't like dice just let me down and that and done. But he was 17-1. So from the plus 35 that I gained from Josh, half of that had disappeared. Ouch. Pretty pronto. Um, still feeling kind of alright I thought well my luck's got to turn at some point so then rocking into game 2 I think we had the same board set up same setup. I knew what I was expecting and I got pretty much the same card draw um, but this time my dice didn't let me down um, we battled off and battled forth it was a really high scoring glory game to be fair and I managed to win it 17-16 now the only thing that kind of got me a bit is last activation he didn't know what to do and he was saying he can't remember what his last objective is and should he swap it or not? And he ended up drawing a power card. And I'm not sure what for, because his last objective was our only way out, which would have won it him by glory. Only he didn't score two of his objectives anyway. So last activation can't score two of his objectives and didn't didn't just strange draw one, one anyway, yeah. didn't it? Which was strange. <clears throat> so that just gave show that the dice were fine for me then and it was an even game and he still should have actually beat me. So I was, I was feeling quite lucky at that point as well. Uh, so rocking into the final game and again the dice absolutely abandoned me I didn't hit with a single attack and everyone was attacking I was throwing everything in I was just charging I was a bit tilted at this point when it started out and then again I was like oh, I'm, I'm done it's game over sort of thing Dan's fishing for sympathy there everyone. Yeah, yeah, he's looking at me with puppy dog eyes like for sympathy but I think quite a few better. people have come over to watch Mike had come over to watch and was watching some yeah. of the dice rolls and three magic ones in a row rolling two dice looking for either lightning or swirls and I rolled the opposite on all of them again it was I used to look at the drawing to, and to be fair, over the course of the day, the dice were bang on even. I'd had an amazing game and an awful game. Yeah. So, and he beat me in that twenty to one. So, plus thirty five from the game before, minus thirty four from that game. Ouch, so they were completely yeah, wiped major. out. But it's been a great day. I've managed to get one more win than I thought I was going to get, and I thought I should place reasonably highly. Uh, do you want to go on the placings now? Talk about that. We'll mention no, where I we don't. finished. No, you you're don't. all right for me. <laughs> okay. So 168, uh, 166. I think I was 106. <laughs> it works out at. That's all right. Yeah, the obviously, game, Games Workshop did uh, get a few of the scores wrong and a few of the places. I'm, so I'm not sure. It was a few higher, but I um, mean, yeah, I'm not sure them any math slips could have made that. Not no, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to claw back you know, a few yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, give me something as a goblin player. Just give me like two or three places. You might have gone from three digits to double digits. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Cheers, guys. Yeah, I think there was one guy that had like lost two games, uh, lost two rounds, or whatever you want to call it. But then games lost during it had only lost two or something, which was like that's yeah. a little bit odd. Curious. So there's a bit yeah. of a bit of a thing with the scoring, but. Um, where did you come down? I, I on the day I finished twenty first, and then after a um, independent adjudicator's recount, it was twenty fourth. Um, oh, when the scores came up, yeah, you were in twenty first, weren't you? Yeah, um, but for myself, really impressed with that result, with the number of people there and the yeah, competition. You be, yeah, that was that was a really good, uh, really good result for myself. Um, never expected to be there in that in that top. 32 positions, so I was really pleased with that result. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, on myself, I managed to finish 19th, which again, I was absolutely ecstatic with. Uh, I know from some of the stuff that I've seen on Facebook, actually, from people above me in the same bracket, that they actually lost three games, so I should have at least been 17th from that. Who knows, maybe sneaking a top 16. Here's the sympathy Whoa. again. 
violin. You're, you're trying to get double figures from like 105 to like 99. But no, it is a good day. I think they need to do something with regards to that many players only playing four rounds. It's a bit silly, to be fair. Yeah, like, we, should, we should have had ten five rounds. On it. Yeah. Another round or a cut or something. So there should be something else. Yeah, I agree. Still a great day. Both finalists obviously deserve to make the final. Yeah. Some great oh, opponents as well. Some really great opponents. I yeah. think every Grand Clash we've been to, you know, we've met some great players that we play now on a regular basis. Yeah, I had three great opponents and Josh. Yeah. <laughs> where, did, where did Josh finish? He was fairly high up, I think, wasn't he? Let's have a quick know. peek. I know Kevin kept me company down the bottom half of the table. Sorry, Kev, for mentioning that. You were below me, though, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> Josh on here finished 45th. Still not a bad yeah, turn, yeah, huh? He, he blagged himself some swag as well. He did, yes. Did. Yeah, I'm still to get some elusive swag. So, it was just a great day, to be fair. Yeah, it really was. I highly recommend it to anyone. 25 quid, I think, total, was it? Yeah, with a meal and just great opponents, great day. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. It really was. Really it good really fun. Was. Looking forward to... We look, we're looking at Warmerfest, aren't we? Although, depending on the ticket structure. Depending on if you have to spend 45 <laughs> quid on a ticket for Warmerfest and then spend 25 quid or yeah. something on we, a Grand Clash ticket. We could all have a weekend away for that. Which seems so, so, uh, <laughs> to be fair, I'd probably like to go, even if you don't make the top cut, go back <clears> on the Sunday for the actual fest. Definitely. I, I never even went to a games day back in the day, so no. actually it'd be quite yeah. fun to There do is the anyway. Game Expo in June the 3rd, I believe. Yeah, June the third, definitely yeah. up for that one. So if yeah, anybody else is that. coming along, yeah. let us know. And yeah, we'll we'll have a meet up. So yeah, so uh, next one was it onto the restricted list? Now we've discussed all our placings and yeah, whatnot. So Grand Clash done. So hot off the press then yesterday was the updated banner restricted list, Arata and FAQ, and the ones we've got printed out aren't the ones that hot off the press today, which has updated the uh, guard issue with um, the curse breakers. Yeah, we're not bothered about them though. No, we are. We're always going to exploit that to high yeah. heaven. They can't <laughs> guard. I'm going to change your tactics. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they needed it. They needed they, that they clarification. That. Yeah. So we've not really particularly been through this and picked anything out. So we've got them in order, and we're just going to talk. We're going to work our way through it and go through. So yeah, pretty much just picking <clears> up the magenta stuff and just the new stuff. Oh, I'm going to kick off with extreme flank. I'm straight into the band card section, and there's a goblin player. That is right. Kicking the proverbial balls, people. I, I don't like it to be there. Yeah. I think it was never it, 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 played what, as it was intended. No, the wording was always going to be difficult on the card, I think. Um, the goblins needed that early glory, though, to inspire them, to get them going. And without, they're never going to get the kill cards straight off the cuff. They needed something like Extreme Flank, and now it's onto yeah. the band. I don't particularly like the band card section anyway. For me, I'd have them all in. The restricted and just have the five know. restricted, but that's that's just me as a personal opinion. I'd have quick thinker count as six restricted cards. So <laughs> yeah. you can't take it. But you know, <laughs> extreme card. flank. Oh, gutter. I, absolutely I, wounded you can on see, that. You can see there from the um, the games designers' perspective though when they've tried to edit the text on extreme flank more than once occasion, and, and it's, it's still it's, it's still, still exploited. There. It's not not reading yeah. as the game designer wanted it, and you can see from their position there. You know what? If I'm not getting what I wanted out of this card, I'm just going to ban it. I mean, for me, it was okay. Everyone played it like that. Everyone used it like that. Yeah. It was an e it's an easy to glory that an aggressive warband can get playing yeah. into a defensive turtle cast. Yeah. So it's just helping defensive decks, I think, more. I know they scored it as well. Yeah. So they also benefited from it. But I think it, it gave McGaw's playing longboard a, a good two glory to be able to get on the way in. 
if they won't stop from it. So for me, I feel it's a bit harsh, but as it was, as the designers say, it was never played as it was intended to no. be played. Because no. like, then, yeah, fair enough, get it on the ban list. The, the next one there is the Superior Tactician, uh, a card that I was running in my... Both my, my Fast Riders decks and currently running McGaws, and it was in there as well. Um, I had it, that was my Force Multiplier in my Grand Clash yeah. Storm Size deck, although actually in the Godsworn that I'm currently playing, I've not got it. Yeah. So this actually hasn't And, and I've never run it in any of my decks. You I've got I'm, it, have you? I do have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you don't. Know, it's, it's, it's in the old deck. It's in the old deck. No, I do have Superior Tactician, I've just never chose to run it. It's never been one no, I've wanted to. I'd, I'd probably say that it's probably because you've never scored six objectives, Ash. Oh! <laughs> you've run it, you've run it, you've just never Should we just have it? a quick roll call? It's really quick. How many glass trophies, Dan? One for you? One for me. One for me? Mr. Smedley, have you got? Yeah. Oh, he's got, got one. one. I didn't think that's Smedley. Oh, okay, okay. You get, you get it. <laughs> oh, did I? I can't remember. Sometimes you forget these things. So we've all got a glass trophy. I've shut up then. I'll just shut. I'll just shut up in the corner. <laughs> Dan's got lots of second place trophies. Yeah. Yeah. There is no trophy for second place. Though. It's just a shame. Shame. You just get a second the Mickey out. Of the yeah. So, so what do you think? Then, superior tactician deserves to be on there for how many people use it? Is I, it easy as well, I, really? I think Superior Tactician is on there because it was that prevalent in the Grand Clash um, yeah. decks. Uh, I think it's because now um, it's it's one of those cards where you've got a lot of score immediately cards. Um, it's something there that you take... You, you don't see that many people taking Denial or Contained or, or any other third end phase card. They're a bit one-trick pony, aren't they? Yeah. You know you're playing against them, you can play around it. <clears throat> While Superior Tactician is a card that you are playing for anyway. Your objective is to score your objectives and you get rewarded yeah. for scoring your objectives. Um, yeah, I whether, think you maybe should have been on there from the start. Yeah, Potentially, um, but it's, it was a surprise to see that drop on there myself um so yeah, a bit of a, a rethink i think it was it was good and it was probably okay if it if they'd have had a banner restricted when chase bar was out it'd have probably been okay to not be on there for the simple fact that there wasn't all these dead easy single glory cards that you can just yeah. whack through i've got 11 glory from those and then three from that and i've killed a load of stuff as well so it's right to be so many easy to score glory that then that just becomes a no-brainer sometimes one one card I think you might see on there soon in the um, restricted objectives is perhaps the um, cover ground. Ooh. Now where you move six hexes, especially with so, Fameway Crystal. With Fameway Crystal, yeah. sudden appearance, and then also yeah, with definitely. spectral wings, it's going to be not as easy, but similar to change of tactics with uh, it being. It's going to be very easy to score now, yeah. A simple card to score, perhaps second or third phase. Um, so it was in my deck before it was going on that list, let's just say that. <laughs> so hopefully they put it in there now that we know oh, you've got yeah. it and get it on. So no gambits added, which is... Isn't a surprise. I don't think there was anything that needed really to go on there, to be honest with those, you. Not those for ones me. probably I've... need to be on it. But yeah. Yeah, but I can't think of anything... That's come up when I've played. I think that's overpowered or needs to be restricted. About anybody else, but no, no, it's uh, yeah. It's your ban ready for action. Ready for action. No, no. don't ban ready for don't action. Don't ban ready for action. <laughs> awesome. We all take it. We all know and love it. It's so, the name of the show. We've got two upgrades. We might as well talk about them both at the same time. Yeah, as they are for... the same card, just with a yeah. different name. So, definitely fortitude and sudden growth. So, expected, not expected. 
Um, with the ba- with the restriction of Soul Trap and Tethered Spirit, it was the logical step to um, to yeah. re- well it, it, to replace those two those two cards <clears throat> to increase the uh, resilience yeah. of your fighters. Yeah, you Plus, took those out and then you put those yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. especially with um, <clears throat> the forces with a ranged attack. So, Curse Breakers, Far Striders. Um, and then with the Briar Queen as well, where you are either you got a ranged attack or you've got another method of moving, which uh, like negates that um, minus two move. Yeah, yeah. dropping Storm Siren when he's boosted up anyway with Glory Seeker and the plus one damage to spell attack actions. Or, and or just put stick him on fuel as well. I haven't got to move. <laughs> yeah, and just murder stuff. Again, I, I was quite surprised not to see two of the other cards on there, which were Potion of Rage. Yes. So I think that's a staple in most aggro decks now, the plus two attack dice. Yeah, mm-hmm. that has been out of it as well, hasn't it, actually? Yeah. And, and the other one that I thought... Which we all on agree there, on, I think. And, yeah. yeah it's it's going to be It's going to be next. When they've sold enough copies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and it's, it's quite um, popular then amongst... The uh, the Facebook groups is Tome of Offerings. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So plus on one that. glory for a kill. I think that that's got to go on there. But the fact that it only came out in the Warbands release three weeks ago, that, it's not going to happen yet, is it? No, no. 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 You can you can understand that from a business perspective. They're not going to ban them yet. So cool. That's it. So not not too much of a change. A little bit of a shake up. Be interesting to uh, see what uh, what cards those drive out now. Uh, whether yeah. we'll be taking. Uh, great fortitude instead of uh, deathly fortitude and sort of growth or or what will be the new move to for the resistance will you be taking acrobatic more often yeah well I'm going for Godsworn at the minute and I've not got extreme flank in it I don't even know why I should probably have been playing that in there but oh well too late now now. (laughs) Uh, superior tactician is not in it as I'm actually playing Oath of Conquest because I'm playing him a little bit aggressively and pulling that out and declaring it at the end. So yeah. still I mean, we played at the weekend like, at Warmer yeah, World and you, yeah, you absolutely we're, battered we're me well. with them. Uh, but I have got both Deathly Fortitude and Sudden Growth on there and I think they're just going to come out and probably drop in Acrobatic maybe so it's still a defensive yeah. one, potentially. But then I still think two dodge. Yeah. Acrobatic is awesome on Scratch to get to three dodge and things, but I'm not sure. But Light Armour, I think, I'm getting out of grow anyway. Might as well get some more dice while I'm in there. See how yeah, it See if it. I need... I probably need the wounds and... Probably have to drop in two plus one wound cards and hope they come out. Well, there probably won't be enough on those guys. We'll see. I think it probably hurts objective decks more in the bigger warbands, Special Guard, Goblins, that had extreme flank and could score it and that helped them get the ball rolling. Okay. Yeah. Are we on to the... Errata. Errata. Yes. Look what the first Start. one is, guys. Molog. Oh. Who's Molog? Oh, who is he? We've never heard of him before, have we? He's OP. Mm. He's banning. Let's post it on Facebook. Banned and restricted. Banned Molog. Yes. No, he's not OP. Just deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I think if more people start playing him, the more people learn how they can deal with him. He's not going to be flashing. He's, he's the one-trick pony. But he's still going to be strong, but you'll yeah. be able to deal with him. People just need to every set of releases. Something's overpowered. You know, we had yeah. McGaw when McGaw came out, and he won a load of glass. And Scritch when his Warband came out, he won a load of glass. But we learned to deal with it. We learned to deal with Molog. He's not that great. Mm. I've played against him a few times, and nah, 
he was all right. I wouldn't describe so. Josh as more like Bo. <laughs> <laughs> Only in appearance. He should be here, shouldn't he? <laughs> he can't defend himself, it's fine. So what we're referring to there is Molog inspired. Yes. So add the following sentence to the beginning of this fighter's ability. When this fighter has a single charge token, it can still be activated. He Which needed think, that, you see. He needed that, I, I think. I think everyone was kind of playing it that way anyway. Yeah. Really? Because he could still then like move or charge again, so why wouldn't he be able to attack again? I don't know. That was obviously a mistake, because the rules clearly state that you can't. You can just move or charge again, but it needed mm. that. Yeah. Well, it I just think, makes sense. If yeah. you can activate him to move or charge, why can't you activate him to attack? It's just, just yeah. No-brainer, really. Shame that they missed out on the fire card. But, yeah. hey, the variety of the yeah. it's all good. Yep. So what's next? Special guard. Special guard. So... Change the fighter's second ability to read. So this is on the uh, Sepulchral Warden. So action. Choose two other friendly fighters that have no move or charge tokens. Make one move action with each of those chosen fighters. So that's really, that's just clarifying it from the Shade Spire to the Night Vault, isn't it? Yeah. Just put it on it the is. move token. They needed that buff. They, they needed yeah. that. Um, and the next one, the Warden Inspire. So choose two other friendly fighters that have, is that the same? Ignore that. That's the same thing. It's just on either side of the card. Yeah. So the next one then is the special guard upgrade agent commander. Ooh. So action. Choose three other friendly fighters. Okay, I'm gonna skip this one as well because it's the same thing, but where you can activate the three fighters. Yeah. So as you can tell, we haven't been through this before, and we are ad living yeah. and making this up as we go. Normally, what I like to do is just shout over to Dan in the middle of tournaments on those <laughs> clarification. So I've read the rule book once a long time ago, and now I just shout to Dan because Dan is Rain Man. That's Dan Smedley. We'll call him Dan um, too. Oh, I'm I'm Dan one. Anyone questions that? Or little Dan. Little Dan. Little D is fine. When you look at the photo on Facebook of us all, I am the handsome bearded chap. <laughs> Just and we have a floating head. Sorry, Kev. Back on track, back on track. Sorry. We've got to wrap this up. The aim of this podcast was to make it in about twenty minutes. No, I think we're on about forty in a minute. Yeah. So oh well. Uh, we'll try and wrap it up under an hour, though. So we'll rattle through some of these. So do you want to do the next one, Ash? Yes, yeah, centre of attention. Uh, change this card to read. Choose a fighter and push all other fighters that are within two hexes, one hex so that they're closer to the fighter in any order you choose. I don't know what's changed on that. I don't really know what's changed on that. Play that card an awful lot. Don't really know what the issue is with it and what needed clarification. I can only presume just... Games Workshop have been watching the forums and the Facebook pages... You know, a lot of new players do struggle with some of the cards that are on there. Yeah. Um, I've always thought it was a fairly well-worded card, so I can't really see what the change you know, is for maybe me. Maybe people were just doing it and moving players, uh, moving Possibly. fighters around fighters and not so that they're closer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Irresistible Prize, the next one's basically the same. It's just choosing an objective token instead yeah. of the fighter and the same wording. But then the next one, Dan, do you want to do the next one? Because that is a change. It is a change and it is an interesting one. So second wind... Choose a friendly fighter that has one or more charge tokens. In the next activation, treat the chosen fighter as if they had one fewer charge tokens than they have and one more move token than they have. I think, for me, that's referring to Molog now. It's a a Molog one, isn't it, to clear things up for him. Yeah, it's making sure that... Because you could have played Second Wind... Activated him because the card says you can activate mm-hmm. him, but he has a charge token still, <clears throat> so he couldn't then go and do another charge when he's uninspired. Yeah. Whereas that's just clarifying that that's how it's supposed to work. That's fair enough. That's a nice buff for Molog, to be fair. Molog's broken anyway, so <laughs> that's fine. 
Yeah, good clarification there. That was needed. Yeah. Second wind was popping up on the forum at least twice a day. Now we're going into... So next bit then, it's actually a rata done really and the banning restricted. So a bit of the uh, FAQs then from the designer's commentary. Yeah. So, oh, this first one. This it, used to bug me. Oh, it used to bug me as well. So this one is, when I use a do-over and discard cards of one type from my hand, so e.g. my power cards, can I draw replacements and then decide to use a do-over for the other type of cards, so the objective cards in this example? No. <laughs> Very clear on that. No. no. That's how, I don't know, I, mean, I think that's how we've always been playing it. But when people have been their objectives and then gone to pick up, I've gone, oh, hang on, mate, you need to decide on your other ones first. Actually, wrongly, because it doesn't say that in the rules. No. So they were kind of within their rights to do it. But it, it just seems to make sense that that's how it's meant to be played. Yes. You don't bin your objectives and then see if your next objectives match your power deck and then go, yeah. oh, now bin me power deck. And people have been saying, oh, that makes it really hard to do a do-over. Now it doesn't change the game for me because that's how I've been doing it anyway and that's how everyone I've been playing has been. So, I'm yeah. not sure why the, the next question is even asked. Can I use a do-over <laughs> more than once? Somebody's obviously asked it, though. <laughs> uh, no? No, you're not allowed no. to do that no. either. It's just very clear from Games Works from there. No. <laughs> Let's move on. Next. Right, I'll go for uh, this one then. If a fighter with a move token makes another move action, e.g. with ready for action, do they gain another move token? Yes. Answer, quite clear from Games Workshop, is yes. Nothing else, straight to it. I, I again, always thought that was yeah, just so did how I. it was. Um, um, I, get, I guess this one here, though, is, is to clarify for Molog, perhaps, in this case. So if he's doing a, a ready for action... Um, activation he is gaining a second move token, yeah you which, might yeah, which he probably you probably wouldn't right have there. um gained in any other he wouldn't have made a, an issue pre prior to Molog uh but now in this world which includes a Molog um, <laughs> did you mention Molog? Includes a Molog. We, Who's Molog? We, we need that clarification. Yeah I think you're right. I think the only other thing I can go is someone's made a move and then they've used the ready fraction and then there's the ploy card from the leaders which is play on another fighter I think and it gets rid of the moves open. Yeah. Mr. Gunn's played it against us a few times. And Tyrant's so, Lash. Yeah. yeah. So it, maybe it'd have some sort of interaction with that. Lab. But if you're making an action, do you then take the token for the action if it's got one, basically? I think you should take the next two, Dan, the next two questions, because they're both spell-related. Spells, like the wizards and the curse breakers. So, if my fighter attempts to cast a spell that requires two lightning, which I think is the channel uh, symbols, and I roll a single crit, is that one critical enough to cast a spell? No. Pretty straightforward. You need the two symbols on there to roll it. I can see why people were getting this one, though. So this is the Gambit spells that need the two symbols, and they roll a crit. I can understand, actually, because a crit's a success in terms of an attack. It's like a really good thing. So I can understand that. But, yeah, I obviously need a clarifying. People have been asking it. I don't know anyone that's been playing it that way, but I can see why. Um, and the next one, who's considered to have dealt the damage that a wizard suffers when there are two or more crit symbols in their casting roll? So it's the wizard is considered to have dealt the damage. So the spell in question is a spell attack action. The attack will be considered to have dealt the damage. Though this does not make it a successful attack action. So I guess there's some cards which require you to have a certain amount of successful attack actions to score objectives and things. So maybe that's in yeah. there for that little I, caveat. I, I guess it might also be in there for um, your purpose of you scoring your objective card. Perhaps is it a mm. strong start? Does a strong start say that you have to take out the first fighter? Yeah, yes. but if you die from a spell, the spell is not cast. You take the damage before. 
So if you roll two crits on your attack... Dan's consulting the cards. You take the damage, and then you die. The spell then isn't cast. It's not like an irresistible force in the old fantasy where it's still cast first. Straight from the card. So no, so so strong starts to score this immediately if the first fighter taken out of action in this round is an enemy fighter. So I guess there with that, if a wizard kills himself, then he does score Mm. strong start for his opponent. Yeah. So it wasn't with regards to that. So, next one. Tell you what, I'll rattle through these two and then somebody else can take the next page. Yeah. Still on that. So, if one of my fighters is taken out of action in a two player game, does my opponent always get a glory point? Oh, come on. This is definitely in the rules, clearly as well. Yes, unless specifically stated otherwise. So, I think it's for everything other than expendable <coughs> for the Skaven. Yeah. That's the only thing where they wouldn't. And that's where you remove the fighter, don't you, in that? Just it. I'm absolutely positive it's very clearly in the yeah. book as well. So I don't know really why that needed the clarification. Uh, then the next one, so this is quite a interesting one, is what it's what made me kind of put not yeah, not put get the hence into my deck anyway. So if a fight is taken out of action by an attack action, can they first be driven back? No. Driving back happens after the damage is dealt. So I don't believe they've properly clarified the sequence of when like things are dealt, although now they have clarified that you deal the damage then drop yeah. back um, so yeah you can't score get the hence if let's say you've got Amis doing three damage hits someone with three wounds she kills them before she gets to drive them back or knock them back to score that so that clarifies that so yeah moving on oh who wants this page this has got a lot of magenta on it oh dear so Damn. when I score objectives in the end phase are they scored simultaneously or one after the uh, the other in any order of my choosing. So it's one after another in any order of your choosing. So that helps you with scoring cards like victory after victory, uh, great gains. Master of War later on. Master if of you've War already got well. a glory from somewhere else yeah. to play your other two. Spoils of Battle, for example, yeah. there. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a nice clarification. I always play that as you were, as as that, so you played them and scored them in your choosing as well. Yeah, I think most people did. It's good to clarify that they're not scored like simultaneously or anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which score immediately objectives can be scored if you draw them after meeting the condition to score them, rather than having them in your hand <coughs> when you do score them or you do the trigger point there? So, this is probably one of the things that uh, the internet has been most pleased about about this. Uh, FAQ. So and also highlighted that most people have been getting two of the cards very wrong. So that's Martin <laughs> and Strong Start. So yeah, two two key omissions from this list: the Martin and Strong Start, which I think everybody agreed on. Yeah, you could score them retrospectively. So interestingly, they're not. So um, the norm is that a score immediately objective must be in your hand when you meet the condition for you to score it. If you draw the objective after meeting the condition, you must meet the condition again before you yep. can score the objective. Uh, the following is a list of every exception to this norm for the cards published up to February 2019, which is, I think is a, a nice addition to there to say that there might be some more going on to this list, yeah. so keep your eyes out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for the cards in this list, if you draw them after meeting the condition, you can score them immediately following the next action, reaction, or gambit. So those are the trigger points at which you can then you've drawn yeah. your card up and then you can drop it down and score that glory. So the cards we have here are Blood for the Blood God, Draw the Gaze of Corn, Let the Blood Flow, Awe-inspiring, Call of the Wire, Corn Seasons, No Escape, Ranger Strike, Concerted Attack, Massive Assault, Drawing Focus, Great Slayer, Lynchpin, Slayer, Dragon Down, Swarming Spirits, and Master of Magic. So as 
Mr. Smedley Stead on there. No Strong Start, No Martyred, which are two cards that I think were, especially the Grand Clash staple, um, whether you're playing aggro or um, expecting to get a good smash in Ash, um, <laughs> <laughs> that you, you'd have in your deck because you knew that if you drew it up, that goblin would have already died. Um, but now it puts that into um, it's jeopardy there. You have to have that one before that first fighter has gone yeah. out of action. With, with the other score immediately cards in there, if it's not in your opening hand for that round, you might not be scoring that even if you draw it up. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, none of those that I can remember exactly what they do are a surprise, but the strongest lot of martyred being missing because that just seems written to be able to be scored retrospectively. But uh, it is what it is, and everyone will be playing off the same thing, so it's all good. When do I score the glory points for upgrades that give you glory in the third end phase? So these are the keys, hero's mantle, shifting map. So the answer to this is at the beginning of the third end phase, before any player scores objectives. If more than one player has these upgrades, all glory points scored from these upgrades are scored simultaneously and before any player scores objectives. That's a nice clarification because the number of times that I've, I used to run a lot of keys in mine, You'd, you'd, they'd be the last thing you checked off on your list. You'd go, right, I've scored all these objectives. And then you look down at your cards and go, right, I've got X, Y, and Z keys. Yeah. So that's a nice little cloud. I was used to forget Heroes Mantle anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, but with that there, again, I think that's to address, again, great gains. And... Oh, solid gains. I was just trying to yeah. think of the other one. But yeah, so you've got the, what, three glory and five glory in yeah. around. So and... if you've got that for your third M phase, for adding a couple of glory in there, because you're adding them first, that's... That's really good. Yeah, there, there's also the card that is uh, a new Night Vault card where you have nine unspent glory, and that can quickly add those glory points to that there from your keys. About that one. Yeah. That's three glory as well. Three so yeah, glory if you've wiped up some glory. Nice. Uh, yeah. the, Next one. The last one for myself. So some cards use the word additional. For example, Dance Macabre is one additional hex for a move action. And Zealous Defender, an additional supporting fighter. Do these cards work if the value being added to is zero? If a fighter with a move characteristic of zero is expected by Dance Macabre or by with a fighter with no supporting fighters as Zealous Defender? So the answer is yes. So you will get that one additional fighter to a characteristic of zero. So I guess that's if someone's now spending those... Uh, lucrative restricted cards on deathly fortitude mm -hmm. and sudden growth you can add one movement to a characteristic of already zero sure. so Hannah over to you Ash for a quick run through of the Stop. changes to storm size curse breakers well, this is actually the one that's changed today oh, Dan will have to read Maybe. that out of his tablet then no or we can't can't should we revisit, enough, revisit it or no we we'll go through it I'll, I'll make this one up as we go so it's how does cleave work against Amis and Rastus from Stormtide's Cursebreakers when they were inspired. It's from the FAQ that was released yesterday. When an attack action has cleaved, the target cannot count shield symbols as successors in their defence role. This means that Amis and Rastus once inspired, at which point they're considered to be on guard. That has now been removed, so they are not considered to be on guard. They can use dodge and crit symbols, but not the shields as successors when they are target of an attack action with cleave. I thought that was pretty much a given, because yeah. they were... 
mean, you shouldn't say they were counted as being on guard, but that's basically what they were defensively yeah, wise, wise, in every yeah. Dice wise. Yeah. So of course they could count the dodgers and crits. I think maybe just because the card, the fighter card symbol at the bottom is just shields, people then could they defend with it? Maybe. Maybe that was the confusion. Someone Change the of question, tactics anyway. being thrown in there, I think, wasn't it? From some people online were saying. Yeah. score it off the back of it yeah. <laughs> and then they massively screwed up with the FAQ yesterday by putting their considered to be on guard yeah, exactly that's, that's the point isn't it I yeah. was quite happy today actually when I flicked onto Facebook and saw Nick Baton and posted up just saying uh, new FAQ guys yeah, thanks <laughs> Nick they quickly arrived it so uh, FAQ did again should I say so yeah <clears throat> good clarification on there it's good to see that the guys are keeping a close eye on uh, what the uh, the players are responding to yeah uh, definitely so it's good to see that quick Quick change there. Yeah. So, well done, games, Sean. Definitely. Do you want to finish off that one storm size yeah, one at the bottom, so then I'll jump onto the next page? As you can tell, I'm the favourite of the curse breakers here. <clears throat> so, uh, the Corpusant Staff. So, this is an upgrade for the curse breaker. So, if I cast a spell from the Corpusant Staff upgrade on the same fighter more than once, what happens? And it says that fighter's attack action with a single target have plus one range for each time the spell is successfully cast on them until the end of the round. So I suppose if you want to waste all your actions casting in the spell from Corpus and Staff, which I believe is an action, mm-hmm. could be wrong on that, apologies for him, <clears throat> then you can give Swarm, what, plus three range? Or plus four if you've then got a ready for action to make an attack or something. So, yeah, I can't really see, I don't really see that copy being used that much, to be honest. No. But it clarifies it, it stacks, it adds them on. So, yeah. Brilliant. So, nice on to me then, Thorns of the Bride Queen first. So, first one, do the fighters in the Thorns of the Briar Queen always treat lethal hexes as normal hexes? And it's quite clear, yes. That is all Games Workshop will put down. So always treat lethal hexes as normal hexes. And it's a yes for that. So dead straightforward, straight to the point on it. There should be no more, Thank more it was, hassle. It was separate at the top, but then... Yeah, yeah and they, they brought it back in line, haven't they? So Drift in Advance. When I play Drift in Advance, do I have to push all friendly chain rasps? No, you can choose to push a chain rasp, zero hexes. Number of times players flag that up, which is effectively the same as not pushing them. In addition, you cannot push a chain rasp that is already adjacent to an enemy fighter as they cannot be pushed any closer to an enemy fighter. Ah, yeah, this is one way of pushing them towards Mm -hmm. them. This does not stop you playing the card. It simply means that you won't affect that chain rasp. Yes, Yeah. easy, simple. Yeah, they've done that one really nice. Um, The upgrades for them, if the... Inescapable Vengeance, if the Briar Queen has a move characteristic of zero, can she still make a move action to be placed on any starting hex by using Inescapable Vengeance? Again, nice and simple, it's a yes. Yeah, I think same thing comes up with Fame Crystal, I think. Yeah. If you've got a move of zero, <clears throat> yeah, you can still use that. You can it. still use that. Um, on to the Eyes of the Nine, Fighters. Is the spell action sorry, is the action on Vortimus's card to summon the blue horror a spell? Straightforward, it's a no. It's not class of spell. I don't think anywhere it was... I don't know why people got confused on that. I mean, maybe going into fantasy and age of six. Quite possibly, it was summoned. Yeah. It's, it's magical. But nowhere on the card, from what I can remember, that it says it's a spell to summon him. I guess if you're not rolling magic dice, you aren't casting spells. Well, I think that's a good way to look at yeah. that. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty straight to it there. Um, next one. Can the blue horror ever be taken out of action? Can a player gain a, gl- gain a glory point for taking the blue horror out of action and can objectives connected with taking fighters out of action be scored by taking the blue horror out of action so there's a lot there so no when the blue horror would be taken out of action it is replaced by the brimstone horrors it is never taken out of action yeah 
straightforward. Straightforward to on the that. point. Yeah. So next on to my warband, the Gits. Um, when I use Snurk's inspired special action, do I push him one hex at a time, resolving the effects on other fighters after each push, or all three hexes at once after pushing any fighters out of the way? So the answer for that is one hex at a time, which is how I've always played it, how other goblin players have always played it. Note that this is an exception to how a fighter pushed with a scatter normally works, in which case they are pushed the full distance all at once to allow for the impact that Snurk has on other fighters. Also note that Snurk's push is not complete until he has been pushed three hexes or his push is prevented as described in his fighter card. This means that you cannot, for example, play the reaction on Lurker as a reaction to Snurk's push until Snurk has completed them. Again, I think that's straightforward. I think it was always straightforward on the card, but obviously games which we just need to clear it up. Someone's asked the question. Yeah, they've asked the question and they've just clarified it. Next one, how does Mirror Move interact with Snurk's inspired special condition special action? The Mirror Move reaction can be taken after any other fighter is pushed by Snurk, in which case it is a push of one hex, or after Snurk's action is complete, in which case it is a push of the same number of hexes that Snurk was pushed. So that's going to be the maximum of three pushes. I that. really like this. And I didn't really yeah. see the value in Mirror Move quite that much. Until and now. Seeing that, I'm like, ooh, a lot and of people I, like that. I know John Reese online is, is, is a big advocate of Mirror Move at the moment, yeah. isn't he? He's made a lot, of, a lot of noise about using it. Yeah, it's um, great for that. Yeah, so again, it's a straightforward one. Next one, do I have to push Snurk inspired three hexes when I use his special action, or can I choose to only push him two, one, or even zero? The answer, you have to push him three hexes unless the push is prevented as described on his fighter card. Again, clarified, someone's asked the question, straightforward. Seemed, seemed yeah, obvious, read the cards, yeah. Um, if, a if Snurk is pushed during Snurk's inspired special action by something other than his special action, e.g. by Mirror Move, Mirror move even. Can I continue to resolve a special action afterwards? No, is, is the answer. No other clarification on that. It's just no. Uh, what else have we got? Can Snurk's inspired special action create a chain that extends into an incomplete hex? Again, no. Why you would try to, I don't, again, that no, baffled me that one did when that one came up. People trying to pinball fighters? They're in groups. I'm unsure what's happening there. No, I'm unsure on that one. about the incomplete hexes where you've got the half a hex. Like your edge hexes, board, your very edge ones, can yeah. Can you move... Well, no fighters. No, no fighters can, so I don't know why you'd, why you'd need him to. Snurk's causing issues, though. Yeah. clarifications. <laughs> I, I find it quite easy. Well, well when he well, works, when that is. When he, when he works. <laughs> <laughs> can Drizgit use his action on his fighter card to make a move action himself, even if there are no adjacent friendly squids, squigs? If he has no move or charge token, yes. Guess that's just for keep them guessing, really, because he can just move normally. But yeah, you can use his action on his fighter card to move him instead of doing that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Next one then, when Drizgit uses his action on his fighter card to allow himself and an adjacent friendly Squigs to make a move action, which order are the move actions resolved in? So it's one at a time in the order of Drizgit's player's choice. Quite good, that is choice because you can then obviously send the squigs and then scurry off the back of Drizgit, which I think which the is the next one. Yeah. yeah, how does the scurry action on Drizgit's fighter card interact with scurry? So, when Drizgit makes a move action using the action on his fighter card, this can trigger the scurry reaction for an adjacent friendly grot. So, yeah, you need to keep the squigs off first, K then yeah. keep Drizgit off. 
yeah. then scurry the goblin yeah. off the back of it. And that's great for scoring. I say, mad scurry. Set that up really well yeah. now with that new board that's got the three starting X's next to each yeah. other. I've been eyeing that so one up. Just get on one end with the two squigs next to him, yeah, and then definitely do, 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 and get five people moving in one one action. Nice. So the next one then is on to everyone's favourite, Mr. Molog's mob. Can Stalag Squig use Fainway Crystal to make a move action? No. Stalag Squig cannot make a move action. I haven't really looked at the fighter cards much, but no. I'm pretty sure the Stalag Squig says he cannot make a move action. He can't action. make a move action. <laughs> I might as well finish this one off. Can Stalag Squig's position be changed using Hidden Pass? Yes. Hidden Pass is not a move action. It's a card, isn't it's it? It's a card. <laughs> Sorry, I everyone. The, I think that's the, it's considered to have made a move action or yeah. something after it. Yep. And then when the move... Where are we? When more than one player is Stalag Squig, how do you determine which is set up first? Use the sequencing rules from the rulebook, people. Simple. <laughs> Who's going to take Godsworn Hunt? I'll take the Godsworn. Yeah, you've been playing and haven't, yes, so give them a run through. First one's about the Oath objectives then. So what does it mean on the Oath objective cards when it says to reveal them? So I think, oh, I thought this was quite obvious, but if you wish, at the start of your first activation <laughs> in the action phase, you can reveal any Oath objective cards to your opponent. This means that you show those cards to your opponent. You should then give them time to read the cards or the card or cards and in their entirety if they wish. Once they're satisfied, return the card to your hand, concealing it once more from your opponent. That's not up your sleeve, guys. Don't hide it. But I think that's pretty much how everyone would play in it anyway, I suppose. You, you've got to show it, I think. That was maybe the thing people were telling yeah. them they've got it and not showing it and wondering are people bluffing, bluffing yeah. or something. But no, maybe you can bluff anyway because you can show them that you've got Oath of Murder and then not go and kill the leader. So I was yeah. never planning on doing that. But yeah, clarifying that nicely. Um, it's a, a nice little mechanic that the uh, the oaths for the yeah. objectives. Yeah, I've been loving it yeah. with, with oath of oath of conquest. Generally, I'll reveal it if I know I can't be stopped. Yeah. I've got three or four fighters left, and you've only got two or three to fight me. Yeah, it's fine. I'm going in. So Godsworn Hunt then a gambits. So brutal sacrifice. When I play brutal sacrifice in a two-player game and take one of my fighters out of action, does my opponent get a glory? Yes. This is in the rules. If your player gets taken out of action. With the exception of Expendable, which I think states they don't get the glory from it, they're just removed from play, not taken out of action. If a fire is taken out of action, your opponent gets the glory in a two-player game. That's just a given. Yeah. So, running through. Um, looking into universal objectives now then. So, this is regarding keep them guessing, really. You can scribble out extreme flight guys. We don't need that FAQ anymore. Yeah, yeah take that gun. Well, I think Time Trap's still in here is the FAQ. Uh-huh. But you can still use them if you want to play open sort of and games. why would you want to not play competitive I, I heard this was a fast paced tactical arena game which is the, <laughs> the, the most competitive game games which should play yes fast games game of tactical arena combat so looking at this then so this falls into the keep and guessing category so do actions taken outside of activations e.g. an attack action with my turn count as actions for the purposes of scoring keep them guessing so yes so although it does say note the Q&A directly below but uh yeah, clarifying that. So if you take an action from my turn or ready for action and things like that, they count towards it. That's quite obvious. You've taken that action. Nice to know. Um, next one, if I put a fighter on guard without activating them, e.g. when using Inspired Command or Bright Shield's block upgrade, does that count as making a guard action, so the keyword should be there, for the purpose of scoring King and Guessing? No. So when you put a fighter on guard without activating them, they simply gain... Well, you simply give them a guard token. This is not an action. So they're not taking a guard action here 
which Keelan Gesson says they have to take, well, one of the options is a guard action. They're not, they're just getting the token. So, no. Uh, then you've got another one. So, does Scurry count as an action on a fighter card for the purposes of Keelan Gesson? Yep, it does. As well as it's, move. It's on the fighter card and ticks your move off. Yeah. So, yeah nice for goblins. It's nice for goblins, yeah. Uh, oh, ticks charge off. Ticks charge, move. Can you not do that? Charge. charge one guy off, screw another guy off. No, it. I think it says on the cards that you can't have a charge or move token next to them. And after the first, so your first guy charges. I'll have to read the card. Then your next guy scurries off him. Does that not tick all through? I guess you're going to be playing goblins soon, are you? But, oh, Dan's trying to work right. it all out now. But then you've always been using Snurk anyway, as your action yeah. on a fighter card, so yeah, yeah it kind of covers that. So, still in keeping guessing, so this has got quite a big chunk. So, do actions on upgrades count as an action on a fighter card for the purposes of scoring keeping guessing? So, I'll read that again. Do actions on upgrades count as actions on fighter cards? So, that might be... No. So, that might be their... Uh, bag shuff. of tricks is a new one. Yeah, bag of tricks. Yeah. So, I it clearly just say on a fighter card, yeah. on keeping guessing. Yeah. So It's nice you know, to clarify there that... Um, Upgrades aren't on your fighter card. Yeah, maybe that's so. the clarification needed. And the last one in keep them guessing. So if my fighter moves with Fainway Crystal or Inescapable Vengeance, does that count as a move action for the purpose of scoring keep them guessing? Yes. Again, I would have thought that was pretty standard because the Fainway Crystal is when they next make a move action, you're still making the move action. So teleport them off. On to uh, Martyred and Strong Start, which are both pretty much the same card, but the opposite way around. Uh, so if I draw Martyrs or Strong Start during the round, uh, after the condition is to score them has been met, can I score them? No, went through this earlier. <laughs> <laughs> if both an enemy fighter and a friendly fighter are taken out of action at the same time by Shargale, and those are the first fighters to be taken out in action in the round, can either player score Martyred and or Strong Start? Um, it says at the top of the question the answer to this one, no. <laughs> and they're taking out of action at the same time. That's correct. <laughs> uh, on to Sorceress Retort. If a spell attack action made with ready for action succeeds, can the player whose fighter made that action score Sorceress Retort? And that is a simple yes. Yeah, Sorceress Retort takes somebody out of action with a spell attack action. You're making an attack action mm -hmm. with a spell. Yeah. Um, Universal card Gambits. Uh, one of my favourites, Aggressive Defence. If I play Aggressive Defence during an attack action and a player plays a reaction like Tireless Assault after that attack action, which is resolved first, my attack action or the reaction. So I always thought in here that if you had played Aggressive Defence, that was the reaction to the that attack action so your opponent could never play tireless assault or fuel by fury or these ones here it's your but, time though isn't it because you're playing mm. that before the dice are rolled and then you're playing the other one yeah. after the attack action yeah. so you're timing although the response is kind of at the same In time, time. Yeah, but so. yeah when you play the cards not when the Grand Clash Josh he played Oathsworn is it that gives um, the dwarves a re-roll to yeah, do it again yeah he played that on the aggressive defence that I'd done and we couldn't actually decide so we just said, well, you take your attack then. Why yeah. not? Sort of thing. And he took it so we'd actually played it right without really meaning to. We weren't sure. Yeah. So the answer to this one here is if aggressive defence is played during the attack action and a reaction such as tireless assault is played after that attack action, the reaction is resolved first. So that is the attacker's action there is resolved first. Then the attack action from aggressive defence is resolved. 
if that attack action can still be resolved. So that's it. only then if your fighter has been taken out of action. So you can't be pushed with aggressive defence. On to counter charge. When an enemy fighter makes a move... Oh, sorry. When an enemy fighter makes a charge action and ends their move action adjacent to one of my fighters, can I play counter charge and push my friendly fighter so that they are adjacent to another enemy fighter, thereby avoiding the charging fighter? This sounds awfully like quick thinker. No. The enemy fighter on counter charge refers to the charging enemy fighter. Which is why you would counter charge. That is correct. <laughs> Sorry. I like this next one. Oh, yeah. So, can I play Miramu? So we're on Miramu there. Can I play Miramu when a fighter from my opponent's warband drives a fighter back during an attack action? And this is yes. And this is the reason why I really like it. So when you play Miramu in this way, it uses the same reaction window as Trap. So that is that is knocking Trap out of there and just putting mirror move in yeah. instead. So that's another, not only is even your three pushes on against, there when Snurk's finished moving, you can block trap, which is potentially a trap or twist in eye for people who are going to play some yeah. damage upgrade, so it could well be in there. And go one step ahead, the next one, so when I play one step ahead, do I name an objective card or an objective token? Well, it's an objective card. I guess if you are naming a token, you'd be saying name hold objective one or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. but, I don't know why you name an objective right. token on there because you can see the standing on it as well. So yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Pretty to obvious say that's what they're playing. The next one's pretty obvious as well. Pit trap. Can trap and pit trap be triggered by the same attack action? It's just yes. Trap is a reaction that happens during an attack action, and pit trap is a reaction that happens after just an attack reading. action. It's just reading, reading the cards, cards, isn't it? And, yeah. and play, it, they are quite clear on that on the cards for me. I think more the confusion there is they called pretty much the same yeah. thing but I think that's just so I think get people get excited with doing the extra damage as well don't they and mm, they yeah. just get a bit confused just playing them in the correct sequence it's on the cards revoke can revoke remove the effects of cool taunt no no you've been taunted yeah. you've been shamed <clears throat> that's it so universal upgrades champion's fortitude do champion's fortitude and trusted defender have the same effect Yes, if a fighter has both upgrades, you can re-roll up to two defence dice in their defence rolls, but not the same dice twice. So straightforward on that. Yeah. I'll finish this page off. Um, under Fainway Crystal, we've got, can a fighter with a move characteristic of zero still use Fainway Crystal to move to an objective token? Yes, with the exception of fighters that cannot make move actions like the Stalag Squig. Yeah, there's no getting around it, guys. Stalag Squig cannot It's quite move. clear on that one, Molog lovers. I do actually. I really like the fact that they they've linked different questions together by yeah. reference. Yeah, they must get sick of nice. hearing the same things. Yeah. Flag, getting flagged up. Universal Gambit card. So quick advance. When I play quick advance, do I have to be able to choose two friendly fighters other than my leader, and do I have to push them if I play the card? And the answer is, you have to be able to choose two friendly fighters other than your leader to play the card. When you play the card, you choose and. You can choose to push them zero hexes. So I think this has made it quite clear in this FAQ. You can choose to push zero hexes for them. Yeah. But in that, then. That's also the two fighters. You have to be able to yeah. select two fighters. Yeah. You can't, can't play it if you've only got one other dude left. And that's a similar again there with Ranger's Advance card from the Fast Riders deck. If you only have one fighter, you can't choose two. Yeah. I'll jump in to do the Sepulchral Guard while we're here. So Sepulchral Guard upgrades Deathly Charge. 
If my champion has deathly charge upgrade and makes a charge action, does the plus one damage apply to their attack actions with a range of one or two for the rest of the action phase, e.g. if the champion later makes an attack action from ready for action? Yes. Oh. Note that if the champion makes another charge action later in the phase, there is no additional modifier from deathly charge. So... We'll happy with that. Sounds like a buff, but maybe it's it does not. Sound, yeah. yeah. Fatal strike, can fatal strike and bone shrapnel be triggered by the same attack action? So like your trap and pit trap. Yes, fatal strike is a reaction that happens during an attack action, and bone shrapnel is a reaction that happens after an attack action. Again, it's on the cards for them. I've, I've mm. played the cards, it's on there. Um Spike Spike Claw's swarm upgrade is Expendable for this. Yeah. yeah, expendable is a fire to remove. Sorry, is a fire to remove from the battlefield using expendable considered to have been taken out of action for the purposes of martyred and strong start. Yes, yeah, again straight it to says, it. Yeah, they're, they're removed from the battlefield or something like that. But then it does say from this point and they're considered to be out of action. Yeah, so, let one of you chaps take uh, the universal cards. Change of tactics. Uh, this is just clarifying. There's always been a bit of when you score this, when do you actually sort of score it? So question, when is change actually scored? And the answer is it's after the charge action has been resolved. So you wait until you've done your damages and that. You've done your stuff, put it down, scored it, job done, pick up your glory, collect your new card. Yeah. Okay. On to covered ground. Uh, if my fighter moves with Fainway Crystal or Inescapable Vengeance and ends that move six or more hexes from their starting position, can I score covered ground? Yes. And I think this is a quite a, an enabler now for uh, for covered ground as a, an objective card. It'll be, it'll be yeah. one that we see popping up in more decks because Fainway Crystal uh, is, is kind of like a, a must-take now with uh, uh, moving around the board. Yeah. So um, I think we'll see covered ground pop up more and more. And more I do too. Yeah. yeah, it was on. They nearly made it less with the Godsworn, but now with uh, the changes, if I stick with God, if I stick with goblins, that's going to replace extreme flank for me. I think get rid of. Yeah. Obviously, I need to replace it with something, yeah. and it makes glory, sort of it's an easy one. Yeah, it's an easy one, and the goblins need yeah. that. Um, curious inversion. Which roles does curious inversion affect? Only attack rolls and defence rolls. <laughs> Funny enough, it only, it only references, I mean, swords, hammers, and shields and dodges. Yes. So, so we played that one off. <laughs> Desperate Gambit. Do players make attack or dice... Oh, sorry. Let's start that again. Do players make attack or defence rolls for the first attack action made in an activation when Desperate Gambit is in effect? No. And straightforward to that one. Yeah. Is it no? I think maybe people were trying to roll defence dice to inspire steel arts or something like that. I don't know. And then the next one is if I make a successful attack action thanks to Desperate Gambit, can I drive the enemy fighter back? Okay. Yes. It successful counts. attack action. Yes, yeah, a successful attack action, so you can drive back. <clears throat> cool. So next one, moving on, we've got Hidden Paths has had a, another little bit added to it. It's one of our favourite cards. If my fighter hasn't made a move action but has one or more move tokens, e.g. if they've been chosen by Transvixens there, one of my new favourite cards, can I still <laughs> use Hidden Paths on them? Yes. Hidden Paths says you choose a fighter that hasn't made a move action. 
So obviously, maybe it was never intended to be this way, but clearly they have not made a move action. They've just gained a token. Yeah. So they can still use hidden paths. So I think that's a nice little clarification mm-hmm. in there. It needed as well, actually, to be fair. I've not come into it yet, but Transfixion Stairs has only been out three weeks. So, yeah. no. so invisible walls. How does spectral wings interact with invisible walls? If both of these cards are played in the same power step in any order, the first fighter to make a move action in the next activation has a move characteristic of three. I so, think that's good because it's saying if you've done your spectral wings first and then invisible walls is played, it's not just made it one. It's not a combination I've come across. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've I've never come across it in a game, but I've seen it on the forums, and three's always been the most popular choice. Yeah. People have said, okay. and that makes sense. So it's good to stick with that. So into last chance stuff. So looking at this, a couple of things. So if I play last chance or use the reaction on tethered spirit or soul trap during an attack action to save my fighter, is the attack action successful? Straight up, no. So no damage has been dealt. So the attack action isn't successful. And another clarification for it: if I've made a successful attack action. But the enemy fighter is saved by last chance, meaning that my attack action fails. What happens if that enemy fighter would then be driven back but is trapped, as described in the rules? So it says, even if the enemy fighter is trapped, they are not damaged. The attack action has still failed, and this is because last chance ignores the damage from that attack action whenever the damage is dealt. And I'm reading those out like that because we'll come to a clarification on Soul Trap later, which we'll get into. Yep. So nice. Still on the gambits. We're still there. Uh, My turn. We're nearly done. Oh, say nearly done. So this is going to be twenty minutes, and we're at an hour and twenty, I think, at the moment. So this, but people this, are loving our voices. Well. I can sense this the love, great. even though we've not gone live yet. I'm pretty sure we all come across really monotone. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, my turn. Can my opponent drive my fighter back with an attack action before I make the reaction on my turn? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this you is written that. on the fighting card. <laughs> so, the reaction on my turn happens after an attack action, and if a fighter is driven back as part of an attack action, this happens during that attack action. Yeah, I, do, I don't know anyone that is even questions somebody that, has somebody has and games that, have answered that's why my turn's got a push built in aggressive defence doesn't but says you can't be pushed yeah, yeah. that's why it's there yeah I guess if you've been attacked by a range 2 or range 3 you attack you might that might that would have made a yeah. difference but let's be honest I don't <laughs> think it was ever intended to be read like that um, yeah. if I was always it with a range 2 as well do you want to push him they'd be like yeah. no my turn oh no no sorry mate I asked you deliberately so you've missed that boat We're still in my turn there's a lot of my turns still oh dear turn. so. do you want to do the next two for that can the damage that a wizard suffers when there are two or more crit symbols in their casting roll trigger the reaction on my turn if the spell they were attempting to cast was a spell attack action then yes my turn will be resolved after the spell is cast or after the spell fails Another question, I play my turn and push my fighter one hex, preparing to take an attack action as granted by the card. My opponent plays mirror move. Does the push granted by mirror move occur before or after the attack from my turn? So that's before. Again, I didn't think this needed to be clarified, but it is a reaction to the push, and the push is completed before the attack action. So they're not completed at the same time. I can see where the confusion yeah. comes in on that, to be fair. And another reason why Mirror Move is probably going to find its way into my deck. Yeah. My turn. <laughs> Oops, Mirror Move. 
So the next one on there, the best card in the game, obviously, ready for action. Oh, yeah. if, if, are you even playing this game if you've not got it in your deck? Um, if, if it's not in your deck, you, you can't be a Chase Buyer or you, if player. You, if you've got the Fire Slayers that are coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a lot of success with a glass trophy with them. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Literally, no. <laughs> no, no. So, ready for action. Can ready for action be used to perform a spell attack action? Yes. yes. It's an attack action. It can yeah. be used to perform it. So, ready for action can be used for a move action or an attack action, of which a spell attack action is still an attack action. It's an attack it does action. does have an attack action in it. It's also a spell. And it says it on the card. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Rebound. If a player plays rebound during an attack action and successfully rolls a dodge or a crit for that reaction... Is the attack action considered to have failed? Yes. Yes. I think yes, it, it is. I think if you've damaged your own fighter, you can call that a fail in any, yeah. in any position there. Yeah. If Molog hits himself in the face with his club, <laughs> I'd say it's a fail on everyone's part. So, next one is on Spectral Wings. How does it interact with invisible walls? They can move three. Next. So, moving on from that, Trap. So when a fighter is driven back into a lethal hex, do they suffer the damage from the lethal hex before I can play Trap? Yes. So, yeah. I don't know why you need to clarify kind of it. No. If you kill them first, great. You won't play, trap. You know to play trap. You can save it oh, for a better thing. I suppose uh, Master my, Stroke. And my turn as yeah. well. Mm. So, one that I'm sure they've clarified already, the next one. Can Trap and Pit Trap be triggered <laughs> by the same attack action? Yeah. We've not covered this earlier? Yeah, we're in the trap section now. I actually like this about the FAQ, where the cards, so Spectral Wings and Invisible Walls, they've got. It's in the invisible they, they, they section. They've it over. No, in there. Fair so enough. if you're looking for a specific card and you flick for your spectral yeah. wings thing, you find that. So I just so the official well, answer again. Win, but it's there again. The official answer again is yes. Trap is a reaction that happens during an attack action, and pit trap is a reaction that happens after an attack action. Um, twist the knife. Who wants to take twist the knife? Take twist the knife. So which reactions can be played in the <clears> same reaction window as twist the knife, thereby preventing the attacking player playing it? So there's two, and this is the complete list. As of February 2019, and that is rebound and no retreat. So those two cards <coughs> can stop twisting. I think everyone's playing rebound anyway. Yeah, and then no stopping it. So bear with us. There's about six more to go through on upgrades, and that's it. So uh, just to clarify again, a destiny to meet, as we've discussed earlier on. When do I score the glory point for a destiny to meet? At the end of the last activation. Uh, the last action phase, sorry, before the third end phase. Yep. So you'll score this Destiny to Meet Glory and then you'll start draw, uh, scoring, scoring your objectives. Yeah, it's all clear. Yeah. So Acrobatic. So if a character with a dodge defence characteristic has the acrobatic upgrade, do they have to be on guard to get the extra dice? Well, no, because it says if they've got dodge, they can have an extra dice. Or if they've got shield, they need to be on guard. They've got dodge, so they don't need to be on guard to get it. Quite straightforward. Uh, the next one, so what happens if a fighter has both the acrobatic and ethereal shield upgrades? So this fighter's defence characteristic is a shield, or block, whichever it may be called. They will only get an extra dice from acrobatic if they're on guard. So that again seems pretty straightforward. They've changed the defence characteristic, and I think that card also calls out the characteristic <coughs> changes. So, yeah, quite clear. So the next one, flickering image. Does flickering image allow me to push the upgraded fighter after each separate attack action in an attack action that targets multiple fighters, e.g. Whirling Club. Here we go, Molog fans. Here you go. Yes. However, however, the fighters 
Sorry, the only fighters you can target are those who are adjacent at the start of the action, and your fighter must be in range of each of those fighters to make an attack action against them. <laughs> if the fighter is pushed away in such pushed in such a way that they are not able to make an attack action against any of their remaining targets, no further actions attack actions, sorry, are resolved. So that sounds like people are sneakily trying to use flickering image to have that whirling club attack and scoot Molog <laughs> up the board through the yeah. whole board. It sound, chain, sounds like... Chained him up the board, you can really. see the whole of your gits just on. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds How like, daring! It sounds like Scritch all over again, this does. Yeah. So, cleared that one up, I think. It yeah. should stop any That's sneaky good. play. Yeah, yeah. Really. Um, I'll tell you this one, Soul Trap. So... It's a bit on playing Last Chance and Tether Spirit and Soul Trap. No, you attack, I just not successful. But the next one, so if I've made a successful attack action, but the enemy fighter is saved by Soul Trap, meaning my attack action fails, what happens if that enemy fighter would then be driven back but is trapped as described in the rules? So I remember this coming up from one of my games ages ago and it actually got ruled right. I felt a bit hard done by it at the time because my guy died. But the attack action becomes successful and damages the fighter. He will probably be quite dizzy by this point. Don't know really why they put that in there. But this is because Soul Trap's discarded after negating the damage when the attack action was initially successful and has no further effect. So yeah, they don't take the damage for the Soul Trap, but mm. then because they can't be driven back, they're trapped and then they do take the damage from it. So that was how I had it ruled against me about a year ago and it turns out it's the right way yeah. of doing it. And it made sense at the time, although I was a bit gutted because I thought he might lose Now it's game, there, there's no... It's there, it's done, it's there. It's and good. The last page... That was a really bad drum roll, man. That was a terrible drum roll. <laughs> Sorry. Probably messing with the mic. It's like a bongo. <laughs> so, Tethered Spirit. <clears throat> if I play Last Chance or use a reaction on Tethered Spirit or Soul Trap, during an attack action to save my fighter, is the attack action successful? Still, that's uh, still not successful. <laughs> <laughs> still not successful. Um, so, Trusted Defender. Do Champions Forces and Trusted Defender have the same effect? Yep, they still have the same effect. Um, which roles does Trusted Defender affect? That that would be the defense rolls, there, guys. Yeah, <laughs> trusted <laughs> defender affects defense rolls, and we're done. So, so what do it. we think? Any any major standouts there, really? Uh, one of my favorites, page one, uh, the do over, fantastic. Yeah, you do over all your cards, and then you pick them up, and yeah. it's just it's the way it, should, it is a gamble. It is a big gamble if you're going to do over your cards. And if you think you've got a nice hand of gambits and all grades, yeah, keep them. Do the others, but yeah, there's that. Um, I think I like the clarification on the drive back is after the damage, mainly just forget the ants and trying to score that. Yeah. It's just nice to, it'd be nice if they listed out an order of this, 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 but that's it helps get some way. Mirror move, that might probably one of my new favourite cards. That's that's gotta go yeah. in. That's reacting to Snurks and pushing three and then going another three with the uh Leader on the new card that came out where you can commanding, lead stride commanding stride, Ooh. yeah. So you get a nice like, little six push thing. I know you need them both, but that could you be cause some ground though, didn't I it? Think, yeah. I Literally, think, I think there as well. I think the key one for me with mirror move was the uh, the ability to combat my turn with it by being able to push yourself one hex back as well. Mm. Uh, and to be able to combat that restricted card is quite powerful. There, yeah, I think that's pretty cool, but yeah, really good. It's a nice one to have in. Yeah. I think as well, I like the clarification on the aggressive defence when it's used against cards that allow the re-roll of a failed attack action. Just a nice clarification. Nice to know that that's the order it should be played in. 
and that's what happens because that's I got fed up with my turn waiting to be damaged and not being damaged and so I dropped aggressive defence in there and then came across that little combo of someone wanting to re-roll the attack a few times like Endless Malice I think for the Night Haunt when I was practising against Kev and didn't know which one came first so that's just a really good clarification no buff or anything really from that but nice to know yeah, yeah I definitely. played that wrong uh, against Kev uh, once or twice so it's, it's nice to know took your aggressive defence first yeah yeah, yeah. Do you think anyone's benefited from this more? Uh, most think... of the community will probably say that Molog has, has benefited from Oh, from they just, I just want to I bitch actually, and moan about him. I was going to say, I do think it has, but I think it's more... It's clarified how people were playing him. Yeah. Anyway. And I think that's fine. That's how he's meant to be played. That's how I think people are playing him. I don't think he's broken. He's good. He is powerful. But he's not broken. He's good for the game. Yeah. Any Any final comments? Final thoughts? I think I'm going to cry into my cereal tomorrow morning over Extreme Flank. That's yeah. still one that I'm struggling <laughs> yeah. with. My um, Lucky Charms say, tomorrow yeah. will be soggy. <laughs> <laughs> with Goblin Tears. So, it's not from tears. Right. Like. I, I thought you were always more of a Cocoa Pops kind of guy. Well, they do turn the milk chocolatey brown. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm crying over the death of Fortitude and Sudden Growth. But hey... We'll adapt. No, it needed. We'll Everybody was taking it, and nobody wants to see fires. Yeah, but took soul trap and tethered spirit off me. God damn it! <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So that's it, then, really. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank thanks. you for your time. I hope you've enjoyed it. Give us a uh, like over on the Facebook page, which is. Do you want to do the thing? The there? Facebook page is uh, Ready for Action Underworld with the four as a number. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so it's ready for the number four action. Um, you'll you'll know it, so as we stood at Warhammer World in front of a door with a floating <laughs> head. <laughs> head the spirit of Kev. The spirit of Kevin. <laughs> that, that photo was actually from the previous year. Yeah, that <laughs> was last year. Just sit back and yeah. Kev couldn't make it then. But yeah. yeah, so let us know what you think. Give us a like, give us a follow. We'll probably be posting this up a couple of days after recording it, hopefully. Hopefully get a nice little theme tune at the beginning of it yeah. or something. Get... If not, it'll be me singing and nobody <laughs> wants, no one wants to hear that. that. So yeah, let us know any comments, any feedback. Let us know yeah. anything on any of the Facebook posts where I'm sure we'll link this in the groups. Yeah. Um, what you like, what you don't like, what you like to see. Is it rubbish? What do we need to do better? Did we drone on? Because to be fair, we've just talked all the way through a massive FAQ, yeah. <laughs> which is probably a bit boring and we've probably not touched on how it affects stuff as much, but time is cracking on. It is, yeah. It's getting late now, so that'll be it. Yeah, Dan's not made us enough cup for tea tonight. So. No, I'm not. No. We've been busy talking. Yes, so, yeah. yeah. So, thanks for tuning in. Thanks a lot, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Until next time. Until next time. Adios.